Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. That was weird, huh? You guys hear that little speed up at the very beginning of the uh, theme song? I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's not it's not a remix, although we may have, uh, I don't know, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking about changing up the uh, the show, changing up the name of the show, maybe changing the music even. We are in a, a period of flux here at the Lions of Liberty, but uh, I think exciting things on the horizon, guys, starting January. So stay tuned. We just had a business meeting about that, and uh, things are afoot. However, this show remains the same as of right now. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land. I am Brian McWilliams, the man with the plan for New Amsterdam. No, I actually have no thoughts about New Amsterdam other than probably it's in another sort of lockdown like most of Europe is. Uh, as you know, as I shared last week, I was at the Austrian Economics Conference in Vienna. Made it out of there just in time, apparently, because they are locking everything down. They are once again forcing people to get vaccinated. Otherwise, they're going to basically stop them from doing anything, anything and everything. Of course, this follows the basic premise that lockdowns work, which we know they don't. We know there's no empirical data, and we know that people lie about it. All of these governments that say that they work, and that the head of the CDC, CDC head, just went out there and said that lockdowns work. In the ones, the, the countries that really did them, right, that really locked down, oh, that they were effective. What's he basing this on? Data provided to him from China. Now, are we really going to trust the data that's being provided to us from China, an authoritarian regime that is notorious for not telling the truth when it comes to basic matters of state, of health, of money, of anything, basically, we're just taking them at their word that their lockdowns were highly effective and that their case rates dropped precipitously. When we compare it to literally any other country, including Peru, which also had some of the most draconian lockdowns, and Peru had some of the highest rates of deaths, some of the highest rates of hospitalization, of cases, ridiculous. And this is across the board. China is the exception, not the rule. But yet, our CDC director is saying, that, oh, well, you know, you can see that they worked over there because uh, Xi Jinping told me so. Okay, dummy, you keep believing that, Jed. Anyway, I do not have a lot of time today. Apologies. Also, you're not going to see this on YouTube. I'm providing a video so you can watch it on Rumble and on Odyssey because YouTube gave us another strike. We don't know what for. Something said during a conspiracy corner, which wasn't even for the broader public, by the way. Unlisted for the Patreon. You can go and support us. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. We can't get ad revenue from any of the almost 6,000 supporters or 6,000 uh, people that subscribe to our YouTube channel because we were demonetized. Don't know why. Can't get it back. That's big tech for you. So guys, if you want to support the show, please do not only by sharing it as much as you can, telling people about it, talking about it, retweeting it, but going to Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty, where you can get the very awesome Taxation is Death Christmas Mug. Merry Taxation is Death Christmas Mug. It is awesome. It will wow your friends, lovers, and loved ones. Uh, if you want to support us in another way, you can also join us on Locals. Locals is, uh, of course, the site that Dave Rubin had started up. And people like Michael Malice are on there. Well, people like us are also on there. So to go to lionsofliberty.locals.com to support us there. Now, before I jump into the show, which is... Titled, as you might uh, might have seen already, 
that the elites are scared and the Democrats are panicked. And I will explain why I feel that, why I'm seeing that, and why I think it's a damn good thing for us and for liberty. I do want to mention that our primary sponsor for this episode is still I Trust Capital, where they have gotten rid of all of their monthly fees. And you can now create a Roth IRA for your crypto, for your hard currencies that's going to protect them from the Joe Bidens out there that are coming for your uh, coming for your your incomes, coming for your your unrealized asset gains. You can protect yourself from this. Creating an IRA account means that you can keep that crypto safe. If it goes up in value, great. You just hold on to it, sell it down the road when you need it, when you're looking to retire tax-free. You are protected. It is a haven for you. Alternatively, I had to do this. You can actually take it out a little earlier if you want. You, uh, If you're trying to buy a single home or a home for the first time and it's your first house, you can actually get that out tax-free. And also with iTrust Capital, which has, by the way, just added two new cryptocurrencies, bringing the total up to 25 on that of different currencies you can download and keep in that account. You can also use it to trade. Lowest transaction fees in the biz, total transparency. They are backed up by not one, but two different insurers to make sure that that is going to be safe. No one's hacking your stuff and going to run away with it. They are covered there. And to the tune of 1,500 reviews on Trustpilot, you can assure that you are going to be treated well. But the best part, the best part of all this is that if you go to itrust.capital forward slash lions, you can get in there. You can create your account. And when you make that first deposit, they will give you $100 of free Bitcoin. Free Bitcoin, just like Oprah. You get some free Bitcoin and you get some free Bitcoin. But you got to create the account first. And I'd love it if you could use itrust.capital forward slash lines. But get in there, guys. Protect your assets. You can use it not just for savings, but also for general cryptocurrency trading if you so desire. Check it out. Help us help you secure that future. Now, let's get into it, right? I'm looking at what's going on right now. It's primarily, the reason I know that the elites are terrified is because you just had Joe Biden release 50 million barrels of oil because he's trying to get the cost of energy down. Now, we know the cost of energy has skyrocketed, not because of supply and demand issues, because there is more than enough supply of oil out there, especially with all the available oil that's there for fracking, that's there from our domestic oil production. But of course, they have tried to clamp down on, they have tried to make it as difficult as possible to get it out. They have tried to tax the shit out of it. I know here in California, we have an unbelievably high tax on gasoline. And, this, and you know it just went up again. And why? Well, because imbeciles approved it, number one, and it was a voting measure and it got approved. But on top of that, you have your federal taxes, you have your regulatory taxes, you've got your uh, your car and you know, the cost just to register your car in California is astronomically high. But across the board, we have rising gas prices, not just because of the political environs that are here in California, but because of this war on fossil fuels, because of the shutting down of pipelines. And the White House had to backpedal furiously and basically lie to the public because they're now looking at shutting down another pipeline. Bill that runs through Michigan. I talked about a couple episodes ago. So what does Joe Biden do? Well, instead of backing off some of these horrible regulatory policies, he's instead going to say, okay, well, here's 50 million bar uh, barrels of oil. Instead of looking at the base cause of this supply chain issues, right? Not only with the pipelines, but also just bringing products in and out, shipping products across the country, the cost of which has skyrocketed because you have a trucking shortage. You have an issue not only with the vaccines and truckers, but you also just have an issue of people not wanting to get out there and do the job as much as they might have in the past. You need to have the incentive structure out there. Now, 
you have Joe Biden working actively against this, as you do all of the global elites across the board. You have skyrocketing gas prices and oil prices. Well, let me pull up this, this graph and I'll share it on the screen here and talk you through it. So if you're listening, don't worry. I will talk you through this graph that I found here. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a graph that I'm sharing. And then also I'm going to open up and look at this little chart here. So in England alone, right? Actually, let me unshare this. Sorry. I shared, I shared too soon. <laughs> I'm going to get to that other graph in a minute. So as we see the shortage, it's not just here in the United States, but it's also going to be uh, across the planet, right? You have UK issues, you have German issues, you have prices for basic gasoline skyrocketed, something like 40, 60% in many cases. You have costs for heating bills skyrocketing, electricity bills skyrocketing 18 to 20%, right? Now, this is, I'm saying, this is impacting the basic human, right? The basic everyday guy and gal that is not even actively in politics, the person that's just trying to make ends meet. And this is why when you see pieces of shit like Sarah Jiang, or not, yeah, I think it's Sarah Jiang at the New York Times, tweet things out like that it's only the rich people that are pushing the narrative of inflation because, well, oh, the poor don't care, right? And these, these rich people are only interested in protecting their assets, which is why they're worried about inflation. You know that the active lies are being told. You know that the corporate press is working for the elites at the top that are trying to spin this narrative away from the fact that everyday people are feeling the brunt. And those everyday people are what are truly in danger or truly the most danger to the people at the top of the earth. So let me just look at this. UK household bills have risen by 28%. Electricity bills, 20%, nearly 20%, right? And that's including your everyday bills for food. That's including your energy. That's including your transportation, et cetera. Not only that, but we're seeing now, and this is the story, the, the real headline of this story, you're seeing now that all of these British people are Googling how to get help paying their energy bills. Now, on one hand, you could say, okay, well, then there's, they're just going to fall back and look to the state to help, right? With different programs, money printing. I get letters in the mail from California and from the federal government saying, hey, we can help you out with your energy bills. Fine. Naturally, that's what they're going to do. But at the same time, nothing they can do is going to be fast paced enough to help these people in the immediate future. That means these people are going to feel pain, just like you see with the supply chain issues, just like you see with everything on the grocery store shelves, costing an exceptional amount of money more than it used to. That is outpacing any measures that are being taken by the government. These people, right, they can tell you whatever. Joe Biden can tell you that the supply chains are going to get eased, right? That they're going to have people at the LA ports, which still has something like 120 now carrier ships outside in the oceans floating around, probably polluting the shit out of everything in the harbor, right? The irony of these global uh, elites that push the climate ag agenda and yet have ships out there dumping waste and polluting in the harbor and just making it accessible as 120 plus of them sit out there for weeks at a time. But you have them promising, oh, the ports are going to run 24-7, right? And that's going to fix everything. No, it's not going to fix anything. And it's not going to fix anything for a long time. Because they have fucked this pooch so hard that it now can't even go to the dog park. It's far too ugly. <laughs> that pooch that pooch ain't getting no leg humpings going on anymore. So they're falling behind, right? There's a lot of lag in regards to this. The same thing's happening with energy. The same thing's happening with food. So the average everyday person is panicking. 
And like I said, there's no response to this. It's going to catch up fast enough. So what's going to happen next? Now you've got holidays. Now you have people at home. Now you have extra costs of living coming around. People are going to get extra pissed off. Right? And that is what leads you to turn to the elites and say, okay, what's the next step for them? Right? We see them releasing these 50 barrels of oil. Okay, fine. Well, that might help in a tiny bit. But that's not going to turn the tide. You see them panicking and trying to, to talk about lockdowns again, because if there's one thing that maybe they could figure out that might calm people down, actually, I can't say calm, but that will put people in their place, it would be another lockdown, which is why I think you're hearing more talk about the lockdowns. You're already seeing, by the way, them try to get in front of all of the effects of this vaccine mandate they're pushing through, which we know now affects children you know, their their hearts, they have leaking hearts, they have uh, heart attacks that are happening, especially young athletes. You're now seeing them try to get ahead of that wave of hatred that's going to come back at them by putting all these ads on subways, by warning about, oh, you know, it's not unusual for a child to have a heart attack. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, it's not. So they're trying to get ahead of that, right? But I think that we're seeing the elite panic, and this is why they're trying to double down on lockdowns. They're trying to reintroduce these things because that's the one thing maybe they hope can get in front of this wave of anger that's coming back at them, of people waking up and realizing just how fucked they have gotten us and just how deeply they have dug this hole throughout this entire pandemic, throughout this entire push for uh, the climate change measures that can impact your supply lines, your gas pipelines, your basic costs of living. And this is, of course, coming off of the big climate change, uh, you know, COP26, where all of these people flew in on their private jets and feeded each other. And, you know, there was a lot of wang spangling. And what comes of it? Oh, well, the everyday person's told again that they're horrible people, that they have to change, and that this is a warlike footing, right? That we have to take this as seriously as, a, as we would a war because it threatens our very existence. The problem is, we're now seeing, even in the UK, we're seeing, I think, quite a bit of tepidness towards this climate model. I mean, they've been running around yelling about it for so many years now. People are looking around. They're not really seeing what they're talking about. So they have to ratchet up the scare factors. They have to ratchet up the terror even more. Again, what they're trying to do. But now I will show this. Uh, <laughs> now I will show this graph that I have been uh, meaning to show earlier because I want to show you just how much change there has been in the United States and why these elites are right to panic. Now, this is for uh, early midterm voting, voting preferences among registered voters. This is from ABC News and Washington Post polling, right? So this is a very left-leaning polling group. This isn't something that was pulled from, you know, Breitbart's polls. If you're looking at the screen, you will see it goes up and down, but primarily, you know, up, down throughout 2000s, 1980s, yada, yada, yada. But over the past... Five years, right? Since 2017, 51% was the strongest preference for Democrats, right? And usually always kind of goes back and forth a little bit, but it was up at 51% to 40% preference to Democrats over Republicans in 2017. Where is it at now? Completely flip-flopped. Now there's a 51% per, ah, preference for Republicans versus 41% for Democrats. Now that is an unprecedented change and it's happened, looks like at about that's a year and a half. 
Now, this is not only because of education issues, right, but also because of everything we've been talking about in regards to the COVID pandemic, in regards to masking, in regards to job creation, in regards to the economy, even in regards to security. Because on these, a lot of these polling questions, it was, what do you think Republicans are going to be doing better than Democrats? Is it that you trust them more with your security, with your child's education, with your job, with everything else, right? All of the major issues, maybe on fucking climate change, it would matter. But, and this is the point about this tepid reaction now, not only are people looking around and not seeing really that big of an impact of climate change, but they're also seeing that everything else in the world has gotten fucked so badly that how are they supposed to worry about climate change? I mean, this is like going outside and having somebody tell you, well, you know what? Eventually, a train's going to come down your street. You're not even going to see the tracks coming, but the train's going to hit you in the side and just destroy you, right? And every day you look outside, you don't see the train. You still don't see the train. You still don't see the train. But what you do see is, I don't know, Gay frogs, like Alex Jones is talking about, marching at your house. They take a, a leap forward every day, right? And they've got Uzis. And uh, and it turns out they can replace your job. And you're, and you're locked in your house because, you know, the gay frogs are out there and you don't want to fuck with the gay frogs. So you, you have to stay in your house. Are you really going to worry about that train anymore when you got this gay frog army <laughs> coming at you with their Uzis, their job taking gay frog Uzis? I don't think so. And that's what we're seeing now. Is that scare tactic doesn't work anymore. Because everything has gotten so fucked. And they know this. They also know that the income equality has increased. They also know that it's transparent how much money these big corporations have made. They know that they're they, everything they've done, even like exposing how many of them have money within the big corporations, the, the stock trades that they've made, the selling and buying of pharmaceuticals before news comes out, they can see the people waking up. They can see the people are hitting the limit. The protests, not only in the United States, not, I'm not talking about the BLM protests, right? I'm talking about the protests throughout the globe. Millions and millions of people in France, in Argentina, in uh, Denmark, right? We had, I mean, you are seeing people come out in masses like you have never seen in your life on a global scale like this. I can't think of another time there would have been. Think about it. At what point in history? Do you have millions of people marching for the same reason at the same time when they're not being told that they're at war? I mean, that's the only other time I can think of is during a world war where you literally had armies on the ground, boots on the ground, and people fighting each other. Except the boots on the ground are not fighting each other anymore. They're fighting against tyranny. They're fighting against medical and, uh, I don't know, sci-fascism and authoritarianism. That's what they're fighting for. They're fighting for their basic abilities to go out, live their fucking lives, raise their goddamn children, and be out in public and be able to, to fraternize, to be able to, to go out, make money, support their family, be able to walk around outside without having somebody scream at them, be able to go inside a cafe and get a drink or get a, something to eat without having somebody come and say, show me your papers and I'm going to fine you 1,500 euro. I'm going to send you to jail. I've never seen mass protests like this in my life. And the elites are fucking terrified right now. Terrified. Now, what do elites do? What do the people in the, in the power positions do when they're threatened? Well, you know, the propaganda seems to have broken down. The propaganda seems to have not worked this time. It may have worked in the beginning, but they played this game too long. So like I said, the only alternative now is to lock down, which is why you're seeing it.
which is why you're seeing people forced to stay home, forced to stay in the house. And this has a double benefit too, because if you're forced to stay home, if you're forced to lock down, well, well, that's one way that they can solve the supply chain issue, right? If you're only allowed to go out of your house to shop one day a week for 25, 30 minutes, as they did in some places like the UK, like Italy, I believe France had a similar system, Peru. If you can only go out and shop for half an hour a day and you're limited into what you could buy because it's a pandemic, remember? Well, then everybody's not going to notice just how fucked up this shit is anymore, right? They're going to be limited. The problem is people aren't going to take it this time. See that by the boots on the ground, the boots in the streets. This fucking computer, I swear to God, man, this fucking computer keeps goddamn lagging and it's making me lose my fucking shit. This fucking brand new goddamn computer just makes me want to smash it against the goddamn wall. Uh, the other thing you're seeing, by the way, is you're seeing the elites try to blame all of these supply chain issues, all of these massive increase in costs, not an inflation that they cause by printing trillions and trillions of dollars out in the meantime, while not actually helping economies function, while bailing companies out so they don't have to pay people more money. No, no, that can't be it, right? It's it's not inflation. It's not that they had fucked up. According to people like Elizabeth Warren, oh, it's price gouging. Price gouging. And she's saying that's oil companies because they're trying to jack up their prices to turn a bigger profit. Now, oil companies, I don't think are saints. I wouldn't credit them with any sort of uh, universal good for the world. I mean, well, fossil fuels are universal good, but I don't create credit Shell with that. I don't credit fucking Exxon with that. But Elizabeth Warren had said on, you know what I'm going to say, right? Where did she say it on? Oh, uh, that's right. Joy Reid's fucking show. The readout which somehow is still on, despite the fact that nobody watches it. This is the only time anybody talks about these shows. CNN, almost every show on their network. MSNBC, almost every show on their network. Nobody talks about these shows except in the context of pulling a clip out of something stupid a a politician said and then sharing it on a podcast like this or tweeting it out. It's the only time people talk about these shows. But Elizabeth Warren was on the readout, which somehow still has been canceled. And said that price gouging is to blame. The average gallon uh, price for unleaded sits at $3.40 nationally, up about $2.11 year over year. Highest time since 2014. And she said, oh, it's great news for oil companies and their competitors and their, or their shareholders. Yeah. Quote, Chevron, Exxon, doubled their profits. It's not about inflation. It's about price gouging for these guys. Oil companies say, I think it's just another opportunity to make profits, and we need to call them out on that. Now, I'm sure that these companies are looking to find profit. I'm sure that they are more than willing to take a profit here. But if there is also a problem with supply chains coming through, if there's also an unbelievable emphasis on taxes and regulation for that industry and for everything that goes into that industry and supports that industry on a basic standpoint, you're going to have a shit ton of cost increase. But I like that with saying this is the oil companies that are price gouging, she's not just saying it's the oil companies, right? And maybe you can say, Brian, you're looking too much into this, but I don't think so. Because she's making a case that not only should you view these price increases from oil companies as not inflationary, but as gouging, well, so is it with every corporation, right? So is it with McDonald's. So is it with uh, with everything Target has on the shelves. How dare the good people at Pillsbury charge more for bread? And it can't be simply that 
the cost of wheat, the cost of, uh, of manufacturing, the cost of getting their employees to actually show up has astronomically increased because we now have nobody working to take the harvest in. We have nobody working in the factories and nobody can replace those people because everybody's sitting on a lump sum of cash that they were sent by the government and then had a rent moratorium put into place so that they didn't have to pay rent or anything. So what else do they have to do? But it can't be that all of these inflationary, uh, all of these supply chain problems, all of these COVID lockdowns, all of these fucking bailouts have led to this unbelievably horrible situation, right? It can't be that. So this is the Hail Mary to blame the corporations. The favorite thing for anybody to blame on the progressive left, the favorite thing for politicians to turn on, right? Anytime something goes bad, it can't be us. It has to be these evil, greedy corporations taking advantage of the marketplace, and we have to put a stop to it. Now, what happens when you try to put a stop to quote-unquote price gouging in industries? Well, we have a historical sample for that as well. And what happens is that the cost for those industries skyrockets even more. Three times, four times, six times, eight times. Doesn't really matter. We looked at Venezuela. What happened when they tried to limit their inflation? Of course, Venezuela, which had printed money to give everybody, just like we did in the United States during the pandemic. Right? Let's just going to send everybody all this money all the time. Don't worry. We'll give you uh, $10 trillion. It doesn't matter how much things cost because you'll have $10 trillion. Naturally, the price just keeps going up. But they did this famously with baked goods over in Venezuela. They said, you can only charge this set price for these baked goods. Now, what naturally happened is that all the bakeries went out of business because they couldn't purchase said goods for that cost. To make the product at that rate was physically impossible. There is no way they could get the product without bankrupting themselves in order to provide the product at a substantial loss to the consumer. And that, I guess, is what Elizabeth Warren wants to do here. Destroy our fossil fuel industry because you can't price catch people. Now, she's not calling for any, I don't know, nothing I can see that's actually hardcore here. She's not calling for uh, a shutdown. She's not calling for a, uh, a price halting because Elizabeth Warren probably knows how that would turn out. She knows what would happen, but that's not what her interest is. Her interest is simply in providing a scapegoat so that they can get away with it. Because these people, the elites, are very scared of this public that's in the streets, the public that's going to turn them, the public that now can't get their gas at the pump, they can't feed their families. They are getting very, very scared. Now, the Democrats, as Elizabeth Warren has seen here, are absolutely panicking because of the polling that's coming out, because they have systematically fucked and targeted every industry, every single thing that's close to the hearts of virtually every American. I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of a strategic way you could fuck yourself ever. I mean, in a, in a higher fashion than what the Democrats have done here. Let's just list them through. And again, apologies guys. I'm like I said, I, I've been so swamped today. <laughs> My thoughts are going to be a little bit more scattered and I, I don't really have a plan. I'm just going to kind of talk, but strategically they, they went after education with the CRT bullshit. They went after education with masking, with not allowing children to go to schools, with basically abandoning the future, the education of millions of children in this country in lieu of satisfying the COVID lust and, and the basic laziness of teachers unions. 
right, who refused teachers unions who fought tooth and nail not to go back to school while getting paid their full salaries, while getting paid their full benefits, just sit on their fucking asses in front of a computer all day long. And in the meantime, you had 50% failure rates for children, right? 50% failure rates. And they doubled down on that by saying that parents would be held accountable. Parents could go to jail if their children were not sitting on that Zoom call, that Zoom teaching lesson for eight hours a day, which is virtually impossible. It means that the parents can't simply go to work. You either have to have a babysitter or a relative sit there, watch that kid all day long to make sure that kid's sitting on the Zoom call, or the parent has to sit and watch them all day long. Good luck. So you have a person, you've already cost them a lot of their income. You had industries like me and public relations, my wife and you know, furniture that were just devastated because the government forced lockdowns and forced everybody to go home and, and corporations weren't going to work and weren't operating and firing everybody. So now you have this person, you fucked over their job and their income, or they're very tenuously holding on to it, that has to sit with their child all day long on Zoom. As the kid learns virtually nothing, because the lesson plans were shit, because in-person learning is far more valuable than Zoom learning is going to be in these environments, and you see the results. Kids failing out, Kids having unbelievably terrible grades, kids not paying attention, kids basically they need to do the, the year over again, essentially. And in the meantime, other kids who had to wear masks to school that are going to have disabilities as far as learning, or I should say disabilities, are going to have some sort of impact to the way in which they learn, the way in which they form sentences, the way in which they can speak, the way in which they can interact. You're going to have social and empathetic uh uh, God, I can think of it. Um, inflections. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the word. Disadvantages imposed on these kids because you're not going to have the simple way in which you learn to interact on a, a physical, emotional status of, I can see you're happy. I'm going to react like that. I'm understanding what you're communicating to me. That's simply not going to exist. When you have people that are forming those mental connections, those neural connections in their brain, you're going to have some severe fallout from that. And we're going to see it very soon. So Democrats kill education, right? They kill the jobs market off. And you see that when you compare the states that locked down harder for COVID versus those that didn't, typically blue states versus red states, red states had far greater outcomes, right? Far less job loss, didn't even have COVID cases skyrocketing as much as blue states did. And their economies were much better off. So naturally, people looked at that. And they go, hmm, that's pretty fucked up. So they ruined the economy. Not only that, but now because of the supply chain lockdowns, you've ruined people's ability to put food on the table, to get to work, skyrocketing gas prices. Not only that, but you also look about how people go, you know, just their, their daily lives, their daily interactions, right? People know and feel in their hearts how badly their main streets have been impacted. When you have a third of restaurants shut down, everybody knows a restaurant that's gone. Everybody's, one, you know, across the board, it's hard not to find somebody that had a personal connection to a restaurant, to a small business, to whatever it might be that shut down, somebody that lost their job, that's never going to get that back. I mean, these Democrats really have put themselves in such a position where they should be panicking and they are panicking and they have reached a point where all of this rhetoric, all of this highfalutin progressive bullshit they're pushing is not working anymore. Even when it comes to Black Lives Matter and race and all this other shit, they still harp on to this day. You look at the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, which, yeah, the hardcore insane progressives still think that he's guilty, that there's no right to self-defense and that these men were heroes, right? But the rest of the country has woken up. They see a pedophile. They see two thugs that are out breaking shit that, you know, that are out there that are armed themselves, that are violent. They see these people and they go, 
Maybe those people deserve to get shot. Maybe this kid deserves a right to self-defense. And even some of my more progressive friends I've talked to are still feeling that way too. They still feel maybe these people deserve to get shot. If I can, I mean, if we can win that, or this is a guns issue, this is a race issue, all tied into one. But if the everyday person can see through that, even if they're a progressive liberal person, even if they can see through that, you know the Democrats are panicked. And you know everything that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement, which now, by the way, has an approval rating of like 15%, went down from 75 to 15% for the past year because of the constant rioting, which liberal DAs continued not to press charges, put people right back out on the streets where they could continue rioting, where they made excuses for the billions and billions, the most expensive riots in the history of the country, by the way, billions upon billions of dollars of damage done, where you had apologists like CNN with that hilarious, fiery, but mostly peaceful coverage, as well as all these other apologist media, you have massive amounts of people just going, wow, these people can't be trusted anymore. They've lost my vote. They've lost my my confidence in their ability to have any say over what I do with my life because they have ruined my life and so many other people's lives over the course of this past year. So very exciting times. And man, those 2022 midterms cannot come soon enough because I'm excited for the route. I mean, there's no chance libertarians do much of anything in it. No, no offense to my libertarians out there. We all know it, but I'm hoping that enough momentum can get behind this wave that maybe some libertarian leading Republicans get in there. Maybe people have gotten so red pilled by everything that has been happening. And this is why I say, I'll continue to harp on this. This is why I say we have an unbelievable opportunity now, more than almost any other time I could think of in my entire life, to get people to think about individual liberty, to think about how the state is evil, how the state has been the boot on their neck and is looking to continue that, to make it transparent to people and convince them, look, there's a reason they're pushing these lockdowns again, and it has nothing to do with COVID. It's all about fear. It's all about control. It's all about indoctrinated authoritarianism. And it's all about dividing the family unit, which I've talked about before. Every single thing I named, right? Education, race, climate, jobs, economy, all of these things are designed to break up your human or your, your uh, family, to break up that family unit so that you have one alternative for your truth, for your income, for your backup, for your health care. That's the government. Going to continue to harp on that until everybody agrees with me, because it's becoming very obvious that, that is what the case is. Oh, and then one last thing just to wrap this up, guys. Um, oh, I thought this was kind of funny. There is a global organization, according to Luke Rockwell's uh, Joseph Mercola. I read a lot of Joseph Mercola; he's a good guy. There is a International Grand Committee on Disinformation, apparently, uh, coming out of four members of the British and Canadian parliaments. Damian Collins and Ian Lucas from the UK and Bob Zimmer and Nathaniel Erskine-Smith from Canada that have developed this International Grand Committee on Disinformation. And naturally, they have subject matter experts weighing in. And this is a, a function of the group is to be a forum for information sharing, collaboration, and harmonization of policies to achieve common goals among democratic states. And wait a minute, what? Never mind the fact that I, I don't know what this sentence means. <laughs> Honestly, it's it started off as a quote that made sense and just quickly went into a, a quote that made no sense whatsoever. Anyway, point is, 
They're trying to weigh in on free speech issues. They're trying to weigh in on what can or cannot be shared or said online in newspapers. The battling of disinformation, quote unquote, disinformation. Now, this harkens back to something that AOC had wanted to call for. You know, they want she wanted a commission on truth, a commission on disinformation. And of course, this ties into what I was saying before about the government becoming the all all encompassing source of wealth, healthcare, truth, um, sympathy, all of those good things, right? And this is that one key stool peg that's holding up this this government authoritarianism is the Ministry of Truth. I had to harken back to 1984. So this is the creation of the Ministry of Truth. Disinformation is simply another form of that. And these people want to push it because they know, again, controlling information is the key to population propagandization. There we go. I got that out. It is the key to keeping people afraid in the dark, keeping them complacent, whatever the need might be. Information is the key. And they know that the internet is the great gatekeeper and everything and everything is available on, on the internet, right? You can find, you can find different sources of information. If they can crack down on that, if they can get in between that information flow that's being put out there and the general population, then they know that they can control them. So this is just simply another tool in that toolbox. Just throwing that out there. So I thought it was an interesting little story. And the last thing, just tying into supply chain issues, shortages and the like, I thought this was kind of funny is that, you know, I didn't think about this previously, but federal workers are mandated to get the vaccine, right? At this point, more than 90% of the workforce has received at least one shot, according to the White House. And uh, in accordance to the, to the Monday, let's see, the deadline, when is the actual deadline? Uh, I can't find the actual deadline here in this article. Oh, January 4th, right? So you have all these people getting vaccinated. The problem is we now see massive vaccinated people getting COVID. We now have, in fact, more if the data coming out is to be believed. And I don't know why it wouldn't be because it doesn't go with the general narrative that the vaccinated are protected. We now see in the UK, in the US, people that are vaccinated are now the ones that are coming down with COVID that are going to the hospitals, et cetera. So are we now, because if you look at all the industries, right, all the workforces, the federal government seemed to have the most vaccinated workforce in America, if this is to be believed, you know, 90% with at least one shot. Are we now going to see a supply chain issue hit federal government workers? Are we now going to see all these people get sick and, and start to call out? Are we going to see the DMVs have massive backups? And I haven't been to the DMV in a while, by the way. Maybe it already does. It always has huge lines, but I make an appointment like a smart guy here in LA. But are we going to see the Postal Service take a hit and have absolutely snail slow delivery times because you have a younger population now that's getting double vaxxed up. They're going to start having their heart issues <laughs> or the Postal Service has two sides, younger, younger people, you know, typically people of color or older people that are white, old white people, younger people of color. Those, that's who's in the Postal Service. So are all the old heads going to retire? Are the old heads going to get sick? Are they going to be hospitalized? Are we going to see our DMV start failing? Are we going to see the IRS start uh, start coming down with COVID and having shortages there? Please, baby Jesus, make it happen. Hit the IRS hard and fast. Are we going to see the military start to have issues? All these young men having heart attacks out there running through the basic training because they were forced into being vaccinated? These are the things I think about when I'm reading through the news. These are the things. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for here. Like I said, I, I, 
Uh, nothing like a crazy, crazy shit. It's like work-related stuff. Right before the holidays, when I'm trying to get things prepped, we have a lot of work to do to get ready for Thanksgiving. So we have uh, some family coming over. And on top of this, now I've just got like this crazy work thing dropped right in my lap. I just have to deal with it the last minute, which is always fun. Sucks. Fucking sucks. You know, it doesn't suck. Burning Daylight. Great podcast from our buddy Matt McKinley, guys. Burning Daylight is uh, fun. It's basically, if you want a podcast that is also from a cowboy, legitimate, a legitimate-ass cowboy, well, listen to Burning Daylight. It's fantastic stuff. Also, I'm trying to find out. Oh, no, I can't find it. I was going to mention one more thing on the show here, but I can't seem to find the information fast enough. But uh, yeah, such is life. I'll have to hit you with the next show. I'll just wrap up by saying, again, guys, go to join the Patreon and uh, please share our show. It, it makes a, a huge amount of difference and uh, really does does impact, you know, having just one share to one person about the show makes a huge difference to us. And especially as now we're getting YouTube fucking us every two weeks, it seems. I mean, that's probably going to disappear soon enough. So that's 5,600 people, you know, almost 6,000 people, I think. Uh, I haven't looked at the numbers recently that are now going to be deprived of our show after the uh, tech powers that be come after us once again for nonsense. So more important now than ever that you tell people about this show to help us keep it going and to spread the sweet words of Liberty that flow like honey out of my mouth and into your ears. So honey ears is for me, Brian McWilliams from the lions of Liberty and from electric Liberty land, always stay plugged in to Liberty. 